What is going on, my fellow geeks? Three movies with elves and a guy with a white beard. Not a lot of people accept it as canon. 2022 will be the year of Star Wars. Well, I have more than just one piece of geek news. I have been Isaac Hunter. Which is like high culture, but better. Hello, fellow geeks, and welcome back to Raving Geeks, the weekly pop culture podcast where we talk about all things geeky and geek culture, which is like high culture, but better. My name is Hope Goodall, host of the Raving Geeks podcast, along with my co-host, who will introduce himself in a minute with our question of the week. If you're just joining us for the first time and you like this episode, want to check out other episodes that we've got, you can find our other episodes at cm-life.com and any other place you listen to podcasts like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Just search Central Michigan Life Podcasts Raving Geeks. Um, so our question of the week is kind of related related to our topic a bit um, with, do you prefer live action or animated movies, especially for which specific film? Mm, that's actually pretty hard. Um, I love both live action and animation. I think anim- animation's a very underrated form of media, but I have to go with live action because even though I was raised on a lot of animated movies, um, I, I just love the style of some live action movies like Star Wars and it's really funny all the stuff that works in live action that I like can also work in animation but I definitely do prefer some live action stuff which movie specifically has to be live action for you uh Avengers Infinity War and Endgame if they did it animated it wouldn't have the same grasp and scope that it did in live action because it was such a great culmination of 10 years of buildup of all these movies interconnecting with each other into one big finale and if they just had it like let's say um, some of the actors couldn't do the project because of scheduling conflicts and they decided to do it animated, it wouldn't have the same impact as it did. Okay. Um, My answer is I think animation has its time and place. Um, So like kids movies, if you're watching on YouTube, I am in Zootopia right now um, outside of Flora and I think Fauna is what it's called. Um, the flower shop, and there are some arguing sheep behind me as well. Um, but, like, I think Zootopia would not have been good if they had tried to, like, try to live animate them, try to make them more realistic rather than knowing that it's fully animated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the movie, like, The Losers, uh, with... Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Idris Elba, um, Chris Evans. Why I couldn't remember Chris Evans's name, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, like that one, it was a uh, graphic novel slash comic first, but I think that like if they'd kept it animated, it wouldn't have done it justice. Absolutely, 100% agree with you. All right. So as always on Raving Geeks, we like to start off um our podcast with our geek news so carter what have you got for us this week i've got a lot of news uh this week hope so i'm just going to go rapid fire on on all this the biggest news probably that was at the time of this recording wakanda forever from marvel just released today so i got my tickets for tomorrow um very excited to go see that um, but in other news, Sean Levy is in talks to direct a Star Wars film after he's finished with Deadpool 3. Uh, Daniel Kalua, the Academy Award winner, will be uh, voicing Sp- uh, Spider-Punk and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. Uh, Star Wars The Acolyte, a new Disney Plus TV show for Star Wars, just started filming and dropped their cast list. Uh, Owen Wilson's character from... Uh, Loki, Mobius, is rumored to also be appearing in Deadpool 3, and it, and Disney's also looking for writers for an Indiana Jones series on Disney+. Plus. And, oh yes, and Keanu Reeves' new trailer for John Wick 4 also dropped uh, today of this recording, and it's a great trailer. I'm very, very excited to see what comes out of that movie. Nice. But that's it for me. Okay. I just want to elaborate on a couple. Um, 
So for the Indiana Jones series, it is going to be a Disney Plus, but it's unclear if it's going to be a prequel or a spinoff of uh, Harrison Ford's Indiana Jones. And then as far as like cast list for Star Wars, The Acolyte, um, you've got Amanda Steinberg. Um, so if you have saw The Hate You Give uh, or The Darkest Minds and a few other ones, she's been in a lot. Uh, Hunger Games was like her big thing. She was Rue. Um, and then I think you said this, but Jessica Jones's Carrie Ann Moss has also been cast in the show. Yeah, she's um, also a Trinity from The Matrix, which is pretty crazy. So I'm glad she's getting a role in Star Wars. Um, I'm going to do sad news really quick, and then I'm going to go back to better news. Um, Leslie Phillips, the voice of our notorious sorting hat for the Harry Potter franchise, has passed away um, at the age of 98 years old. He was apparently battling a long illness, according um, to the BBC, and he is survived by his wife, um, who told the tabloid The Sun that he was a national treasure. Um, so yeah, uh, he's been in a, a few other things, but if we wanted any sorting hat things and wanted it to be the same voice, we unfortunately cannot have that anymore, mm -hmm. unless we use like archived stuff. Yeah. Um, but so Jason Fuchs and Brad Caleb Kane have um, been announced as the co-showrunners for the prequel series currently in production at HBO Max for It. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And they're trying to get Andy Muschietti to do the pilot episode, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then for speaking of prequels, the prequel to The Hunger Games, um, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, has officially wrapped filming after mm. approximately four months of filming, which seems super fast. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, I'm excited for it. The, the official wrap date was November 5th. Um, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, is rumored to be one of Marvel's longest shows. Um, they are aiming for nine episodes. Okay. So that one is also interesting uh, to think that she was just a side character and she's now, well, I mean, a lot of the shows are side characters, but <laughs> she wasn't important until like the last two episodes of WandaVision. Yeah. And she might be getting the longest running uh, Marvel show. Um, Warner Brothers seems to be doing something smart for the first time in a while. And they said that they are going to be focusing on franchises like Harry Potter and Superman. Yeah. So I am hoping that that means that they are going back to Fantastic Beasts and trying to work through some kinks and fix some problems. Um, and then my last bit of news has to do with the acapella group Pentatonix. Um, they released a holiday album as well as a Disney Plus special, um, which their new album features guest vocals from Leah Salonga, Megan Trainer, Lang Lang, Grace Loca, Kiba Tawaji, La Santa Cecilia, and a lot of, of well, not a lot, of, but a few other people as well. Um, their Disney special is that they are taken on a whirlwind tour around the world, discovering holiday traditions and inspiration from Pentatonix fans all around the globe, from Japan to Granada, Iceland to Ghana and Mexico. And it will be released on December 2nd. Oh, super cool. And, yeah. Um, and as part of this interview, they were asked about um, what musical they would turn into an acapella musical. Um, so they, so Mitch said that he would do Spring Awakening as mm -hmm. an acapella. 
Scott said Dear Evan Hansen, which I think that one's interesting because of how much like chords and just like harmonies that one has on its own. To hear it as acapella would be really cool. Kevin said Wicked, to mm. which um, Scott replied, Wicked would be hard, but it would be cool. And then uh, Kirsten said Into the Woods would be hard, but really cool. Um, Mitch also added Sweeney Todd would be a good acapella show. Mm. And Matt agreed with Sweeney Todd as an acapella show. Nice. So I thought that was interesting to note um, because musicals are part of a lot of the things that we do in the geek realm. So. Mm-hmm. So that is it for our geek news this week. As always, there is going to be a ton more geek news that comes out after we record this episode. Um, As we're recording, we're going to miss stuff, but that's what we wanted to keep you updated on today. So our geek topic for today's episode, you might have tried to guess it a little bit with our question of the week asking about live action or animated, Um, but we wanted to look at if there was like why we make something animated versus live action especially with our recent trend that we're seeing especially from disney of them taking their old animated videos and turning them into um live action movies so carter why why do you think some a producer or creators might decide to go with animated instead of a live action film uh, that question has many answers to it, in my opinion. Um, I do think it's because animation is a less respected uh, form of media in the world of Hollywood, which I think is a damn shame. I think animation is a beautiful way to ex- express media. And I think that people are getting the misconception that live action means like more adult and will appear, appeal to more audiences, kids and adults alike because live action tends to have some of that gritty real life realism that adults seem to associate to. And well, I can't, I can disagree with that more than enough because an amazing animated movie called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse incorporates all the dark grittiness of the real world and implies it to a really colorful and beautiful film. Um, I think with the contrasts of um, just some of the serious moments that take place without spoiling the film in case anybody's never seen it. Um, some really dark things happen in that movie and they're allowed to change the color palette to fit the realism to the adult perspective, I think. And it, is a, it really is a damn shame to see animation kind of just get trashed on. But I think there is a resurgence of animation happening, especially after what HBO Max and Netflix have done to animation recently. Um, I hope that people are now looking at animation through a different view to see. It's not only that an artist's interpretation of something is being lost, but it's also jobs. If you really want to incorporate the realism, as somebody would say, you're losing jobs, you're losing money, and all of these fronts. And I hope that people start to look at animation differently and go back to like some of the older Disney films and some of the old Sony, I'm sorry, not Sony, DreamWorks films, and hopefully they respect them more. Um, I like to revisit Ice Age once in a while, and that's one of my favorite animated films. Um, And I think due to the amount of sequels that it's gotten, it's kind of lost its respect amongst the animation community. Um, But I really do, I really do hope that people look at animation differently going into the future. You talk about um you just said it my brain ice age i don't know that it's the animation that people lost respect for as much as the storytelling because towards the end it was just like okay what else can we do now that's a little bit different but you know still the same characters mm-hmm. um but i think it's i think animation at least the way that i see it is a lot more of like creating characters versus just the actors right so the one that I think of is Lightyear and how Chris Evans is the voice of 
Buzz Lightyear. Um, mm -hmm. And I think if it had been a live action instead of animated, people would just be seeing Chris Evans or Captain America instead of this new character that, you know, is a toy or the, uh, for those of you watching, my cat Loki has decided to join. Um, but, you know, instead of just seeing it's Chris Evans or like Encanto, instead of seeing Lin-Manuel Miranda or Stephanie Beatrice, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're seeing these actual characters. Like I remember with Tangled um, going, oh yeah, that's Zachary Levi who's voicing Flynn Rider. And my mom was like, I don't hear it whatsoever. Even though she had watched all the episodes of Chuck. <laughs> so yeah. she would think that she would know his voice pretty well, but because you can take away the actor, it's easier to be able to create the characters. I think that's what the beauty of animation and voice acting does because um it's easy like what you said for live action, it's easy to recognize people by their uh faces, but when you get down to like their voices, it's it gets harder to recognize people because there's not a certain image to go along with the voice when you put it their voices in live action um only until like recently i've been like discovering like ray romano is um manny from ice age and i discovered that a few years ago and i'm like wow that's so cool that you know i've seen a couple of episodes of everybody loves raymond and he was on this old tv show called parenthood um and it was like it's really cool to like discover those kinds of things that some of your favorite actors are doing some of your favorite animated movies um and i think that's what what's great i think what holds back some live action movies is that the stardom power can hold um some of the movie's expectations a little high for some people because going into a movie like with chris pratt for me i expect the very best in tip-top shape like with story with cgi with character designs and with the character and how they're written and sometimes i just don't do i just don't get that but with animated films i think there's more of an opinion to take for animated films there's not no, like who is voicing this person how i should be judging the person how they're doing their job it's more how am i judging the animation how am i judging how the story flows and i think that's what animation has an advantage to over live action I think in animation, I think it's easier to tell a story without having to worry about acting and CGI, more just about how the animation tells the story. Like, like Wally. Oh, what a great movie Wally is. Literally half of that film is just the animation telling a story. And I talk to people about um, Wally, and they're like, "Yeah, I never really liked that film." as a kid and even now and I'm like always like why and they're like there's no dialogue in that movie and that always stuns and disappoints me because I'm like that's not the whole point of an of that movie though the whole point was to prove a point that animation can doesn't need dialogue to tell a story which is why it was submitted to the Criterion collection you know it's a it's a huge it's a huge step in animation for that time period and I I love it it's such an emotional story and yes the second half of the film there's dialogue when they get to the people on the ship and the robots are talking but i think that first half of that movie is excellent and the second half is still great too don't get me wrong i think that movie is overall so tightly written and fantastic and it's an environmental movie done right how we need to take care of our planet and respect our surroundings and the consequences of what happens when we don't are really felt throughout that movie and it's a it's an overall great message I, I really love that that film um if sorry I'm trying to look up what movie it was but he's done so many um do you think Wally would have been different if they had done a similar animation as the newest Lion King where it was like the the uh it looks real but it's still technically animated um so like hugh jackman's hold on i am when wikipedia does not help <laughs> it was a robot one that hugh jackman had done um oh, i think you're thinking of chappy right 
or well he did too. Mm -hmm. There's real steel, which was about real fighting. Real steel. Yeah. Yeah, real steel. Yeah. My brother loved that movie. Um that's actually a really difficult question to answer because it could theoretically work in live action too. Um I think it works better in animation just because um live action CGI has the tendency to fall into a term called uncanny uncanny valley where some of it looks a little wonky and not real where in, as animation I don't have to worry about it looking real I have to worry about what the story is telling but I mean if Disney put their top animators on it and made a live action Wally I'm welcome to it um you don't really have to get that big of a voice cast for Wally so most of the money could be spent on the CGI theoretically um if they remade Wally, I'd love to see it. Um, I love that movie, and I'd love to see a different artistic interpretation of it. Um, but if I had to choose one, I think it's better, best that they did animation because, like what I said, um, when you're watching a CGI movie and in live action, you're kind of worrying about it. Like, could this actually? Does this look real? Could does this look like I could reach out and touch it? While as animation. You can, go, you know, sky's the limit. You don't have to worry about realism when doing animation. Um, do you think that, like, there would have been a different storyline if anim if Wally had been live action animated? I would hope not. Um, I can still see everything happening the way it does in live action. You know, Wally sees Eve come down because she's a scout for the human ship to see if there are any inhabitable planets or no, wait a minute. I think it was to see if Earth was inhabitable again. Um, that could still work in live action. Him going to space, that could still work in live action. I guess the ship would look a little silly, but after seeing like stuff like Blade Runner and all the floating texts and stuff, I think that could still work. Um the sea, the fat humans would look a little wonky, I think, but you know, with um, practical effects being used, I think that could theoretically work. I don't see, um, I don't see anything that couldn't happen. But if they did have to change something, I could see a live action Wally taking place entirely on a deserted Earth. I, I really could, and then like underground is where the humans are, and. Eve didn't come to space, she came from underneath. Like, let's say the humans didn't go up, they went down uh, because the surface of the Earth was inhabitable and they had to go downwards because that's where supplies of water and where stuff could be grown. And like, let's say they developed technology to harness some of the sun's energy. Um, but I guess, I guess I could see it working. I would hope it would work. Uh, I don't see anything desperately needed to change but if it did change um i could see it going both ways um you said earlier with into the spider verse um being able to adapt really well to like the dramatic um and like realism and dark themes but you said that infinity war and endgame avengers um would not work well in animated but the Avengers uh, What If series, or I guess just Marvel What If series, was animated. And they did touch on the darker themes as well, um, having Bucky and having zombies and um, Captain Britain. Um, so what about Infinity War and Endgame says that it can't be animated? Oh, oh I, I see your point. Uh, I guess I just didn't really make my point clear. Um, the reason that I didn't think um, in that time and Infinity War and Endgame couldn't be animated because of how big of an event it was for accumulating all these actors, actresses, people from all these different movies to come together and make this these big two action films. It's a monumental point in like live action movie history. Like no, nothing of it has ever been done before. Theoretically, in like, I couldn't say it couldn't have been animated. I just think it would have hit differently. Um, like, let's say you're building to all this live action stuff happening and then just right at the end of they said it to do everything animated. I would feel kind of disappointed and cheated after all the 10 years of buildup with all this live action promise. 
of all these actors coming together on one big screen. I, I guess I'd feel a little bit cheated, not saying that animation is bad, but uh, if they ever decided to like take some of the deleted scenes from Infinity War and Endgame that they didn't use, like, you know, they had like two hours of stuff on the cutting room floor and they decided to add it in using animation, I would be more than joyful to watch it. I guess just seeing that, that those two movies the first time, it was very surreal for me because I was an MCU fan, like from day one, I went to go see Iron Man in 2008 with my dad and my brother in theaters, I was there. And um, I think I would have been a little bit disappointed just seeing that they decided to go with the animated and decided to not do the ambitious part because anything can well, theoretically if, be done in animation. What if all of the MCU had been animated? Then that's totally fine. I think the entire thing of the MCU would also have been a huge thing to do. Um, I mean, like they could have had all different art styles. Um, I think the MCU animated could be a really cool thing. And I think that's what's happening now with What If. And, and with Spider-Verse, actually. Um, Spider-Verse is kind of like Sony's Avengers, but animated. Um, it's still really great to see. And so um, seeing if the Marvel films were animated from day one, I'd be more than happy. I'd still be a fan to this day. Okay. Um, moving into, I touched on earlier, like our, the Disney trend of turning old animated into live action. What do you think is uh, bringing about this need for live action instead of the animated? Uh, I could be the shallow person and say that Disney's running out, running out of ideas and rehashing ideas. Um, but I'm not going to because I'm a nice person. Um, I can say it's just they want to reintroduce some um, some younger audiences who don't want to watch the animated ones because it may look a little bit dated to some people. And younger kids don't have the respect for the effort that went into the animation at that point and would rather watch something um, live action more attuned to what's being shown in theaters now. I would say uh, it's it's kind of a hard question to ask because I don't I don't really have any young people around me at this point in time uh, to ask. Um, I could say that Disney also just wants to bring back some of their animated properties into live action for just to kind of say, hey, remember this, remember this, and gain a few bucks from it. I mean, I'm not against it. I love seeing different interpretations of the same media. Um, I like the Lion King remake. I love the Jungle Book remake just because it does fun things with the voice cast and the visuals are really appealing to me. Um, and like, I'm, I was never against any of the live action stuff. I mean, hey, I love the Winnie the Pooh, Christopher Robin live action movie. I think that's a fantastic movie and it's up there with the animated movies. Um, uh, but I don't really have an answer for what's bringing about them. I would stick to my answer in saying that kids just don't want to watch the older animated movies because it doesn't draw their attention like big live action movies do. I guess that would be my answer. I'm going to fully disagree with that. Um, I do have small children. Well, if the oldest one heard me call her a small child, she would get mad at me because um, she's eight. But they. It's not so much the um, lack of appreciation for animation versus live action. It is more the music and like how much interaction. Because if you pay attention to the newer um, live action or live action animated movies, so like going back to The Princess and the Frog or Moana, you've or even in content, you've got a lot of songs and things that the kids can do with it. Whereas the older ones, like my mom tried showing um, my oldest niece, I think it was either Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty. And there really wasn't as much music and things to actually capture a kid's attention that way, as much as just storytelling, which kids can only sit for storytelling for so long 
-hmm. And even then the story has to keep their attention. And if they're not invested right away, then they're not going to stay invested or anything. Um, So I don't think that it has anything to do with kids preferring um, live action over animated. I think it's more that they get Disney now gets a chance now that they know more um, composers and people who like songwriters um, that they can create these new songs for this old stuff, but then also show off new people. So like um, Haley, is it Haley Berry? Haley Bailey, I think. Bailey. Okay. I always like mix her name up with Halle Berry, um, Loki, but the, uh, I think there are going to be a few more songs or at least one more song. Cause like the new Aladdin movie, the live action for that, Mm -hmm. uh, Jasmine has a new song entirely that was made for the movie. Um, so I think it's more about like creating it more to be kid-friendly than the older versions. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought that point of view up because I don't have that point of view. Um, It kind of worked the opposite for me. So uh, when my mom was um, showing me and my brother like the old Disney cartoons, I was all up in arms because it wasn't the music that threw me off because thanks to my dad and my mom I had a deep I have a deep appreciation for music so it wasn't the music it was just like the old animation I didn't have respect for and god that's one of my big regrets uh in life actually was not sitting down with my mom and going off to go play with Star Wars toys and I wish I would have listened to her and like sat down and really watched those films and analyzed them because she was really trying to show me something to appreciate. And I I didn't appreciate until later in life until like, it's not even until like maybe 17 or 18 years old when I was first going for a graphic design degree that I really appreciate animation. And I kind of looked back at my childhood and I was like, wow, I was kind of a little shit back then. I didn't know what I was looking at. And I wasn't looking at history and animation as a whole is so beautiful in my opinion and you know I look back at like the old Cinderella transformation scenes you know bippity boppity boo and she has her old ragged dress turned into the big ball uh gown and the whole scene with Ursula coming out of the ocean with the trident the little mermaid now looking back that's one of my favorite films of all time little mermaid love it um princess and the frog um the whole witch doctor scene where he's singing to the prince Oh, geez, just such beautiful animation coordinated with music. And, you know, I regret not appreciating that as a little kid. So even shifting on from that. So we have a lot of adults that'll go back. And I mean, part of it is because they're like, I'm a Disney adult. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to like say that that's a terrible thing, but also we all know those some Disney adults that, you know, you like, okay. Um, But adults still I don't at least this isn't for me I don't think there's like the appreciation that like you're talking about for the animation so much as the story that's being told um through the animation or through the live action um and so I kind of wanted to like we've kind of talked about different things of like whether or not it would be good as live action or not good as animation um so I just kind of want to like talk about some of our favorite um, animated and live action ones and like why we think that that was the best format for them. Mm-hmm. So what what is one either animated or live action that you think was the best for that format? Ooh. Um, geez. Um, well, if we're going off of live action, I actually really like the Lion King remake. Um, I love, I love what it tried to do. Um, I don't think it goes to hundred percent. It doesn't pull off the character's emotions when it needs to hundred percent of the time, but I get what, uh, uh, John Favreau was trying to do with the movie. And I love all the, I love most of the music. Um, I still don't love scars, uh, be prepared song that he does. 
in that movie. But I love the, their version their version of Hakuna Matata, and I just can't wait to be king. I think <laughs> just seeing um, Zazu played by John Oliver sing with Tiny Little Simba and Nala in live action is just it was something for me. I got re- I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, Are you considering that an animation or live action? Uh, it's kind of uncanny, uncanny for both because it's technically they label it as don't they do they label it as live action or animation because i I think they technically labeled it as like live action animation yeah because they did animate everything but it looks real right so i guess you could figure it out it's both um from a certain point of view uh for animation um definitely I love Zootopia like you have in the background. I totally forgot about that movie until you put that background on. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, Zootopia Plus just came out today. I need to watch that, too. Uh, I love that movie. Went to go see it in theaters with my parents and my brother. Uh, Such a great movie. Um, Let's see here. I I love WALL-E. WALL-E is one of my favorite animated films of all time. And Finding Nemo definitely finding nemo was a special movie for me and my dad for just like connecting with each other with the father son bonding and just trying to find each other and you know i love dory i love marlin i love nemo you know shark bait Ooh-ha. love that scene the whole volcano scene with the ring of fire and the uh what's the little shrimp called but and he's like singing opera the entire time when finding nemo needs to go through the volcano oh my gosh so funny uh what about you um so i was actually thinking of uh hocus pocus Mm. so i started thinking about that one if it had been a um animated one but then i started thinking that that would be more of like a scooby-doo um-esque like it, it would feel more like the old Scooby-Doo uh, cartoons and everything. And I don't think it would have had the same fear factor if it had been. Like, mm. not to say the Scooby-Doo isn't scary or anything, because um, it definitely had its episodes. Mm-hmm. But I think that if Hocus Pocus had been um, an animated film instead of a um, live action like it is, that like kids would just it would be funnier than it is which i mean it already has the funny aspects because um all bet midler yeah no yes hold on i think you're right i think it's bet midler um yeah bet midler uh kathy najimi and sarah jessica parker like they all have like this really great chemistry that creates the comedy of the Sanderson sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you also have like the seriousness um, of the kid going, oh crap, this is real. And I was just doing this as a joke. And then them trying to get the adults to help and the adults can't do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that would have been lost if it had been animated. Um, Like I think, it would be interesting to see a Scooby-Doo episode with the Sanderson sisters as mm-hmm. like an animated Scooby-Doo, um, but not as a full Hocus Pocus movie. Yeah, I do think uh, it is possible because if you look at like Disney's The Black Cauldron, where it does like magic and that horror, but it still balances it out with the silly. I don't know if you mix Hocus Pocus with the themes of the Black culture, I think you could get something really, really good right there. You know, like the the liching is still really scary nowadays, you know, and the army of the undead coming out of that cauldron. Ugh, still freaks me out. Uh, but I did have. Oh, crap. I just lost my thought. <laughs> um, oh, God, what was I going to say? Um, I know it's already been technically done but translating Pokemon to live action was really good. And I'm absolutely begging Legendary to make another live action Pokemon film because of how well it worked in live action. Wow, it worked. 
really well. Detective Pikachu was actually amazing, in my opinion. And they should make, uh, I think that they should make the Mewtwo movie in live action. I'm begging them to, because it's such a well done Pokemon movie. And I think either they want to do po- the that Pokemon movie or Pokemon 2000, like with Entei and the Dream World. I think that would also be very, very good. Uh, that's just my opinion. Okay. Um, it, okay, so now that actually you technically didn't specify which one um, animated or live action. So now I'm going to need you to specify one that is either live action or animation um, to say one way or another. Oh, if I had to choose, it's definitely live action um just because i was no I, like um how you for lion king like how you were saying like lion king oh, worked for really lion well. king? oh like probably you, i need you to come up with a okay so come if you're saying lion king is animated um then say i what is a movie for you that could not be animated and okay. had to be live action not besides be avengers oh um hold on give me a second oh ridley scott's 1979 alien that movie would never work in animation the fact that it uses its live action tones and how they use the camera to portray like dark and very bright areas but make bright areas super super scary like the chestburster scene that scene is completely lit and it's still scary as crap to this day. Still horrifying. And I don't think they could do that in animation. That's definitely one movie that can never work as animation. Okay. Um, so for my opposite, because I chose live action, um, I'm going to say that The Princess and the Frog is one that I have difficulty seeing as anything other than animated. Um, and it's not to say that there aren't actors that I could see as the prince that I forget his name um, or actresses for Tiana Um, but like it's the part when they get turned into frogs that like yes Disney now has um, you know their live action um, Lion King and uh, Jungle Book and Lady and the Tramp, like they are able to create that realistic, but I don't think it would be as cute, mm-hmm. especially when you bring in, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Um, the I can't remember either of their names, the alligator who plays the trumpet, or and I feel awful that I cannot remember his name as a trumpet player myself, um, or the uh, firefly, um, lightning bug that, like, I'm like. I can't, like, just thinking of lightning bugs in Michigan and how small they are. Yeah. Then, <laughs> like, with the animation, they were able to zoom in more and, like, make him seem bigger. Like, I don't think they could really do that with the live-action animation yeah. um, if they did that for Princess and the Frog. So I think, but then I also sit there and go, if they did kind of like the Mary Poppins where when they jumped into the sidewalk art it was mm-hmm. animated um or even in Mary Poppins returns when they go into the bathtub and everything like it's animated yeah um but making it all animated um so kind of pulling like a Wizard of Oz where you know when they're in Kansas it's black and white and then in Oz it's or in yeah wonderful land of Oz um it's in color like they would have to do that full like separation I think Mm -hmm. and I think if they did it like Zootopia or Moana um they could make it work yeah for that animation but uh, yeah I definitely think the princess and the frog is one that would be everyone would be very critical of it if they tried to make it a live action yeah, I definitely agree with you, especially with all the voodoo scenes that happens, you know, when the prince is being cursed. I, I have no idea how they would do that in live action. That 
animated scenes specifically. I think they could CGI it in because I mean, they've got enough like goofy, you know. I think like, they could do it. I think, think they could do true. that part just fine. It's more when like they're all animals that's the part. Because okay. if you think about different TV shows that involve um witches and magic and vampires and everything, like there's a way that if TV shows can get it right, I think that a movie could get it right on a better budget you just have to get the right people with the right vision to be like okay we're going to translate this into cgi now instead of just animation where we're just drawing everything right so uh is there anything else that you have to add on the topic of animation versus live action uh no i don't do you um i just think that there is a time and place for certain live action and versus animated. So like, I'll be honest, when it comes to animated and like action scenes where they draw blood, that mm-hmm. to me is always like super kooky versus a live action where it can actually look real and you're like, oh yeah, no, I could see how that creates that mark or whatever. Yeah. Um, so like not saying I'm not saying that like into the spider-verse or like any of the um cartoon versions of like any of the superhero stuff is bad. I just like it doesn't to me it doesn't work as well. Um and even in Zootopia, like the fact that she used the berries to create the blood and everything, like yeah. that was like okay um it's cute and it's creative because it's a kids movie but like also okay um but I think they can do like the fighting sequences well in animation because it is just like you're drawing out a dance you know you're choreographing it um Mm -hmm. but it it's more like the the marks and everything yeah. Because I'm like, okay, like I even get mad at TV shows where I'm like, they just got punched in the face and you're telling me it's not gonna bruise or be bloody. Like, um, but it's you know, it's difficult to do that and maintain that in a um animated anything. So that's my final thoughts is like there's definitely a time and place, but I think it also depends on the person, like you said, you you appreciate the animation. Um, I appreciate the work and artistry that goes into it, mm-hmm. but then I also feel like sometimes they're more focused on just animating than the storytelling, or like they're more focused on one set of the other, and they don't always mesh well. Mm-hmm. Um, but so on Raving Geeks, we like to end our episodes with some recommendations, um, whether it's movies, TV shows music books anything that is geeky or we think that everybody should be able to enjoy or try to enjoy so carter what are your recommendations for this week um for everybody i'd recommend to go see black panther wakanda forever it is in theaters as of this recording and i think everybody should go see it It is the end of phase four before we move into phase five in february with ant-man um everybody Watch Zootopia Plus and rewatch Zootopia and watch Zootopia if you haven't seen it, and uh, watch Detective Pikachu. Uh, I think everybody who watches that movie is going to come out pleasantly surprised with how much they enjoy it. Uh, my recommendations for everyone, also Zootopia Plus, because um, I think it's going to be just as cute as the the Olaf like shorts and mm-hmm. the group I am Groot shorts um because I think they have a really good like way of making shorts and animation um but I am also going to suggest hidden figures I don't mm-hmm. remember if I've recommended this before but it is um it's Taraji P Henson and oh gosh I'm going in to this Taraji P. Henson it's Octavia Spencer Janelle Monae um the guy who plays Sheldon on Big Bang Theory oh yeah um Kevin Costner 
Um, if y'all like Top Gun Maverick, which I do recommend as well. Um, but if you like Top Gun Maverick, not Miles Teller, but Glenn Powell is in Hidden Figures as well. He plays John Glenn, which I always laugh because I'm like, did you choose because it's Glenn and that's your name? Um, but yeah, it's about, um, my gosh, I am terrible with names tonight. Sorry. Katherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson, who are African-American women working for NASA um, to get an astronaut up into space, being John Glenn. Um, and so you see a lot of like what happens because of segregation um, and like how people come together because of it. And also like the gender norms and like who can be smart and who's not smart and what you can have access to based on your gender and um yeah I think it's a really good movie and it came out in 2016 wow it is six years old that is (laughs) that does not seem like it was that long ago um but yeah I suggest that movie because it was really fun and really good and I think all of the actors and actresses did a really good job of like telling the story true to what was happening and in their lives as well as in the world um and I think all of the actors took to heart as well like the impact of who they were playing and representing in the movie mm-hmm. so. okay all right so uh if you want to reach out to us to recommend a episode topic or a um question of the week that you want us to answer feel free to reach out on twitter at raving geeks and then you can also follow us on tiktok at raving geeks as well uh we can reply to comments on that one just not messages um but yeah as always we have been hope goodrell and carter sally We hope that you all stay geeky and have a great weekie. See you guys later.